Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Good morning. Um, I'm very excited today. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I believe this is our fifth episode. Um, We've got some longtime friends in the house uh, and we are going to talk about all things mental health and wellness today. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, but these are some conversations that we've had on the sideline, you know, from an athletic perspective, from a mental wellness perspective, from an entrepreneurial perspective. Um, lots of important conversation around, uh, gosh, brain and gut connect, um, you know, training better to training to be a better athlete, training to be a better parent, all sorts of things. And it all kind of comes back to the brain and our awareness and our conversation around that. So without further ado, I'm going to let these rock stars introduce themselves and then share a little bit about their background. And then, as you know, on Turmeric and Tequila, we are always here to question a better way. So we are going to talk about um, some of the stigma, some of the answers, some of their experience um, all around mental health and some options out there if you are seeking uh, just to be more aware of what's going on with our brains and, and, and further some conversation on some answers and, and what else is, is coming out in the mental health and awareness field. So Carly and Rachel, do you guys want to go first and then Laura can introduce herself? Hi, my name is Rachel Ragsdale. I am one of the founders and co-owners of Neuroptimize and we just do everything brain health. So we do neurofeedback and brain mapping, which we can explain a little bit more in detail later. I am an LPC and a board certified neurofeedback therapist and I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. I'm Carly Strike. I am also one of the founders and co-owners of Neuroptimize and my background is in clinical counseling. I'm an LPC as well and board certified in neurofeedback and so excited to talk about all of this today with everybody here and just how we can be more aware of mental health. Mm-hmm. I'm Laura Tagawa, um, and uh, let's see, I am a, actually a card reader, intuitive. Um, the Japanese Lantern hey. has been so fun. Following <laughs> <laughs> experience, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of content. Um, I love combining science with spirituality, um, and I've had a lot of uh, that stemmed out of a lot of experiences and kind of the shit that I've gone through in my life. Um, I'm currently getting my master's in mental health counseling, so I hope to be an LPC soon um, in the next couple of years. Um, and I have uh, just done a ton of studying on um, the brain, PTSD, and a lot of different mental health things. And um, yeah. Cool. Um, one of the reasons I'm so excited is because I know this whole crew very organically through my own you know, sports performance training, CrossFit. And these were, we started to have these conversations that I'm, you know, I'm a longtime athlete, 38 years old, played, you know, D1 lacrosse. And these conversations around, you know, mental health, training, performance, um, just mental health and, and daily lifestyle are all relatively new. And now that we have all these more intense conversations around our young people and their mental health and, you know, the experience for go- boys and the experience for girls. And it, it's just so new, which is kind of unfortunate. It's great that it's happening, but I can't believe, you know, at my age, these are some of the you know first times we've really talked about this stuff and how important the brain is. Um, not even just mental health, but concussions and how that can affect you later on in life. And there's all this stuff coming out with the NFL. Um, so I'm excited to streamline some of this conversation because I know a lot of my high end athletes, my parents, my people, entrepreneurs that are really looking just to enhance their lifestyle. It really does stem back to the brain. And, and, you know, with so few answers in the game, um, we've all met each other again, organically, but now this conversation has brought us together. So it's really cool to see the science side, the intuitive side and how, you know, there are options out there. And what do we do next? But most importantly, if you've heard my other cast, you know, my, my heart piece really is to further this conversation for our young people and our kiddos to be able to live a better way and not um, necessarily do exactly what they've been told. Uh, thank you. Or you're welcome, teachers. But really from another side of, you know, medication, which pharmaceutical business and companies are a beast. 
um, partnerships from, you know, sugar and Coca-Cola and now Coca-Cola is in schools. I mean, there's just such larger business happening out there. It really does fall on the consumer. And again, our young people are future uh, major consumers to question that way and really start to bring some of these things to light so we can really not just live a better way, but genuinely be happier. And I think that trickles down into, you know, schools and then we can talk about school shootings and, and all those things. So without um, continuing my personal soapbox speech here, uh, I would love to talk about, and these guys have both done a couple podcasts, if not more. I wanted to provide the space for them to talk about things that they, that haven't really been talked about yet. And um, in our natural conversation, we just started talking about, you know, uh, people we care about and how we've been exposed to different behavioral things, PTSD, what have you. And Rachel was saying, you know, when they, when a patient comes into her office, it's not just about that patient um, or customer, I should say. It's about the people that bring them in. Uh, Rachel, do you want to jump into that conversation of how even just that stigma and that conversation before you even get to like the modalities and the actual treatment that that conversation is super important for both the patient customer and the person that brought them in? Yeah. So, and just to reiterate one of the things that you mentioned, I think one of the big, we're just trying to really debunk the myths around neurofeedback and mental health and brain mapping. And I think there's a big misunderstanding. Brain mapping has been around for actually quite some time. Um, And whether it's just the knowledge or the education that has been lacking up to this point, or mental health is truly becoming a little bit more trendy, people are really starting to open up other doors uh, as they assess where to take their kid or where to, you know, take themselves. Uh, if you had asked people 10 years ago, most people would be like, I've never heard of neurofeedback. I've never heard of brain training. But now you line 10 people up, at least maybe three or four of them have heard about it. They'll be like, yeah, I think I've heard about neurofeedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it actually has been around for quite some time. It's just getting a lot more well-known by the majority of the population. Uh, one of Carly and I's missions in this world truly is to not only spread the awareness of different cutting edge modalities, uh, but really to demystify the experience, right? And Mm -hmm. so when people come in, we want them to understand that their brain, their their biology and their personalized physiology that they have been born with, it is not something that should be shame-filled or you're a problem or this is, oh, my kid's struggling with this or I'm struggling with this, I need to be fixed. Um, but how do we truly optimize our potential in every every realm possible? Mm-hmm. Um, and so as we were talking beforehand, right, when people come in, whether it's a parent bringing their kid in for sensory issues or anxiety or learning disabilities, right, it's it, we're not looking at the learning disability. We're looking at how is the brain functioning? Where are their areas of over or under activity? How is that contributing to their symptomology, quote unquote, and hindering them from being their best? Uh, in life in general. So we look at a lot more about reaching their goals, coming alongside with the parents and really being able to take this kiddo or themselves to the next level in life so that they're not defined by their struggles, but really able to step into an identity that is based out of strengths. That's awesome. And what kind of people are coming into you right now? Is it like parents, athletes, like what, what is the main um, type of person that's coming in and seeing this and where are they hearing about it? Well, we have a lot of different people that come in. So we, I mean, we have the athlete, we have kiddos that have the different things going on that Rachel is talking about, learning disabilities, maybe something going on with just their reading or just a certain subject, um, potentially kiddos that are just having behavioral issues. Mm-hmm. We sometimes get spectrum disorder. We are seeing a lot of anxiety and just stress-related issues that come into our office, concussion. So I, I'm i naming a lot of things because we really just see the gamut yeah. of things. Um, if you would ask us what we focus on, we focus on anxiety, performance, and focus. And that tends to be a nice umbrella for a lot of the things that you know people are coming in with. Sure. And I wish, and I, that's why I'm so curious as to how and like what communities hear about this. Cause it is, it is relatively new and it's, you kind of have to be, it comes through something like through CrossFit or through, um, someone you care about, you know, having autism or PTSD or what have you. Um, but as an athlete, you know, I'd be in, 
you know, a, a recovery center and doing, you know, the boots or doing the sauna or, or getting fascial stretching or whatever. And it was great for me as an athlete, but this would have been great stuff just in life. Like it's awesome things, but I wouldn't have been doing it unless I was an athlete. So to even see some of those things go more into just like lifestyle and people being like, oh, you know, what? I'm actually going there just so my body feels better. So 10 years from now, it feels that much better. So I think there's such conversation around um, all this mental health and wellness, regardless if you're, you know, you have, if you're diagnosed with something or there is something going on, this is just good awareness for people in general. Um, and it's that larger conversation. Um, I would even <laughs> want to say if we could, you know, get this in our high school curriculum as far as instead of, not be not instead of, but in addition to like math and science and all those things, something more along the lines of um, relationship, mental health, budget, um, nutrition, some of these more life skills. So long-winded point, I think it's just really great to further this conversation, whether you think you need it for a specific reason or just to, to feel better. One, um, one comment on that too, I wish and my hope for seriously just generations to come is we can start to change our mentality around it, right? Yeah. We typically only assess physical or mental health as a reaction. We're not being proactive. We're being very reactionary. And unfortunately, right, that's just part of life until in CrossFit you get injured. That's when you go really start to take care of your body or until you are having panic attacks or deep within your depression, that's when you go see a doctor. That's right. when you start to look at other forms of uh, treatment. But what if, you know, you just looked at your body as a temple and it's like, how do I truly like fill up my brain and my body and my heart and my soul um, so that when things are taken away, right, when struggles hum, come, when injuries happen, when challenges happen, you're so much more resilient to those struggles or those traumas, right? But mm -hmm. our society is, and our culture is just reactionary. And so I, I hope for anybody that's listening, like, you have, you have one body to live in your entire life. Like, please take care of that body. Um, filling that body up and taking care of it so that, you know, you can be a lot more like I said, resilient is so important. Sure, sure. And I think, and we also just kind of touched on this. It's funny because I'm, you know, marketing branding professional and a lot of it's creative and you're trying to like bring, you know, the best, present things in the best light possible. But really what it is, is like getting down to the truth of who you are and what you have to say. So rather than creating, you're just revealing. Uh, and so much of this process, I've spent countless hours with Laura talking about cards and, and destiny and purpose and like, what do I do here? And um, it's been such a guiding light in things because I feel like I really did have an underdeveloped self-awareness of what's going on because it was such new conversation to me. Um, so in my, my purpose in that was, I mean, honestly, not necessarily to be a better person, obviously that was it, but to be more purposeful in my work. So even though it was kind of a misguided intention, um, I think it's allowed me to be more myself, which in turn has allowed me to help people professionally and personally more figure out, um, who they are and what their voice is, which translates directly to my business, but it's really about personal and making, you know, quote unquote, the world a better place. Um, so it, to me, it's fascinating how those things are intertwined. And if we all do get to know our, ourselves a little bit more, that impacts literally everything. Um, Laura, I wanted you to jump in on, you know, some of your experience coming from, you know, intuitive, aware, empath side, and then comparing or commenting around um, the formal education side. And how the two compare and how they complement each other. Um, well, first, I wanted to get this out of my head. Like, what I love about what you guys have said is that um, there's such, I feel like, a lot of the, the problems for kids um, and a lot of people in general is that they feel different. And so the way that you guys um, work and, and, you know, like mental health has a stigma to it and there's so many ways that you can think about it you know um and just thinking that like i have a brain that works in this way like for me i have so many ideas in my head and i'm like zzz, zzz, and it's like that's my motor cortex <laughs> you know and it's at the top of your head and it just is going 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 and it's really hard to process things and get it out but there's things that you can do about it like neurofeedback too i assume probably slow down your neuro, your motor cortex and make it work a little bit better so you're not like so you're you're optimizing your talents and and who you are and self-actualizing um i think that's exactly what i did where they just tried, we tried to slow everything down right 
Oh yeah, Ko's got a fast brain, y'all. If anybody, yeah. anybody's wondering, you know, if I had a dollar every time somebody was like, "We need you to talk slower," I would have at least thirty bucks. So I need to. Yeah, and you can see it written all across her brain map. So when I worked with Ko, what four, it was a while ago. ago. Yeah, um, she has she truly brain map show patterns for things, and we can speak more into that. But there's patterns for everything, right? And there truly is like kind of specific patterns for people that are CEOs and entrepreneurs and think outside of the box and you know, are able to really like do a hundred things and multitask. And uh, not that I know people have different opinions on multitasking, but KO definitely has what we call a lot of beta. So as you're speaking about it, more like an overactive motor cortex, she has just a level of arousal that allows her to do a lot of things to start podcasts, to, you know, have a bunch of different accounts that she manages, um, which is not suit for everybody else. Um, so, yeah. I might be like that, too. <laughs> My brain's on cardio. Here we go. And you might have seen, like, like I get here, and then I just, those guys sit down, and I'm like, so, and just, like, start telling them everything, because I just get so excited I have. Yeah. And then, can you absorb more, like, when you have that kind of brain? Like, yeah, actually. Can you just, it's, it's funny that you bring that like, up. Take everything in. There's, like... like People who process very quickly and people who process normally and then people who process more slowly, right? And all of them are fine. Uh, Most people learn how to work within their individual processing speed just probably through life skills, right? And just Mm -hmm. conversations with people and if you're like reading other people's cues and stuff like that, like, hey, slow down or gosh, please speed up. And people usually get that because those who are faster are finishing their sentences. So it's just... Yeah, you can absorb more when you have a little bit faster of a brain, mm-hmm. mainly because you're just taking in information quicker, mm-hmm. understanding it a little bit quicker, mm-hmm. and then wanting to output that a lot quicker. And everything's just a little <laughs> bit sped up. So yeah. hurry up. The up here is hard sometimes, though, because yeah. it's yeah. like there's so much up there, and it's like, and then you get where it's hard to organize, Absolutely. and you try to get it out. I I already like guess what your brain looks like. You've got to come in and (laughs) (laughs) make bets on the side. (laughs) Brain bets, awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I think I have a pretty good idea because I'm like studied all about myself. That's how I got here. (laughs) Some of the stuff they pulled off my map. I remember again, this like four years ago, and I had zero background. Um, I was like, whatever, just make me a better athlete, whatever you got to do, hook me up to it, <laughs> tell me the truth. Um, but Rich was like, yeah, did you, in high school, did you kind of just like want to get good grades and get out or to get through it? I was like, um, a thousand percent, like I could care less because I just wanted to play lacrosse. I always did the work, but I'm like, wait, you can see that from my freaking brain map? Like maybe, what else can you see from there? Like maybe don't tell me everything. Um, but it's fascinating. Imagine if like young people, teachers had this intel around their students and they could speak to them in a certain way or understand how they're learning or coaches or anyone. Like, oh, my God. Having that, so isn't much. that a, I mean, it would be such a game changer. And then they're happier. And then, again, major jump in correlation here, but, like, perhaps less school shootings. Or we understand our children more. Or they're off medication. Or, you know what, they're not autistic. They just can't process sugar. Or their brain, you know, they're bored. Whatever. Um, it, it's just miraculous to me that, that these conversations we have not had until right now. So, anyways, I interrupted your flow, Laura. Um, we were talking about comparing uh, basically the Western world's version of mental health through school and certificates and whatnot versus personal experience, intuition. Like, how have the two worked together to kind of bring you where you're at today? Mm, well. Or whatever you want to share. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, that it can speak to that question. I know my experiences. So, so are you asking me to, like, compare Western, like, what is Western schooling like, and do I like it? No. Well, I mean, I feel like nobody does, because, well, I, I don't know. I guess in our personalities, I would say nobody really does, because I think we're all outside-of-the-box thinkers, yeah. and so it's hard to fit in that box, and that's a, a constant struggle for me all the time. The corporate world, athletic rules, like, all of it. Um, but how does, I mean, having those experience in both worlds, what do you think, like, some of the advantages have been, like, is it, is it beneficial to you now that you have seen both sides or are in process of seeing both sides of the spirituality in schools yeah so basically like the side that you're I want to say like you're gifted with and the side that you have you know learned does that make sense no I'm really um, sorry. Well, I, I just want, I just want to compare the two of like you know natural gifts, intuition versus like formal schooling and like science and stuff that's been taught to you so like one side is like 
oh, you know, I, I learned this. It's spirituality. It's not necessarily written science and proved. And then on the other side, mental health, it's like, here's the schooling. Here's the science. Here's your certificate. Well, I don't know. So it's, it's like I value school. I value, like, the scientific process. And I, I like to, in my spirituality, I like to combine um, the physical and the spiritual because they yeah. do kind of interconnect. And then when I'm working with people, a lot of times, like, I can, I can see the physical and the, like, PTSD or, like, how their body, like, um, there's a lot that I do in my work. So, um, like, when I'm doing a card reading with somebody, I will combine the physicality. Like, so you can tell just by looking at their body if they're holding trauma in it um, with the way they carry their body or... Um, energy centers like <clears throat> getting my thing like so it's like if you have like oh my voice has been clear this whole time and then all of a sudden I'm starting to go <clears throat> so like that is I'm not using my voice um energetic like in an energetic like the energy gets stuck in your throat and then it's like you're not using your voice if you're afraid of something yeah. um or if you feel things in your stomach then that's you know somebody's taking away your power um and things like that so that's like combining kind of your intuition with energy work and things like that um so I'm not sure if that's what like, yeah well, I mean has, has have, having exposure to both sides been beneficial do you feel like yeah it yeah. has um and I combine it in the moment so I don't really know how to I haven't figured out like how to parse it out and um and how to like describe it to people but I can do it in the moment so it's better sure. like when I have like something in front of me where I can be like, oh, you know, this is happening. And then it's like these profound, like, oh, my gods. And you can see people, like, making – like, I don't know if you guys have um, – if you can see this, but, like, if the brain maps are continuous. But, like, I feel like when I work with people and I either point something out to them that they're doing physically or I tell them a concept that's spiritual, and it's just like you can see this kachunk, and it's like, I just saw a new neural connection happen, <laughs> you know? And it's like probably permanent. And then it changes their lives. And that's like neuroplasticity um, is something that really fascinates me with what you guys do and with spirituality because, um, and then even like reframing and energy, like all of that ties together yeah, in my so world. So much of what we do is holistic. So we always tell people, we by no means believe that neurofeedback is the end all be all to the um, life change that you might experience, but we sure hope to be a catalyst for it. Or maybe we are on the end of it. Like you've already had all of these little tidbits given to you. You've worked on the health side of things. You've done all of the processing. You've done energy work. You've done all this and you're still feeling a little bit stuck. Mm -hmm. Neurofeedback really might be that piece that gets to like actually transform your life. But anytime we're working with a client, we have a very holistic view of them. And so kind of like you're saying where you're seeing that um, ongoing change happening, right? Or you're able to read that body language and see that, wow, we just made something I just said or something just registered with you that mm -hmm. was that was huge, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, it probably could transform um, how they view a situation or how their behaviors go forward. We're looking for that continuously as well. Um, being counselors by trade, we bring a lot of that into our sessions. So we're very much so trying to help people figure out some coping skills and just give them a toolbox that they can actually grab from. Our big thing is if you have a toolbox and you can't open it, then how can we expect as a society, as parents, as friends, as spouses for our people to be able to reach in and grab them, right? We get so frustrated that people aren't using the tools that we've just handed to them. Well, what if they can't? Right. And what if we aren't giving them even the little key to the box so that they can open it? And I think that is more how we look at it in a continuous spectrum. It's not necessarily the brain maps. It's, it is kind of more of that intuitive side that comes into play. And just learning and listening and understanding the person in front of us and really getting to know their journey and where they're trying to go and what it is that they're trying to accomplish. And our big thing is, I don't think we are the ones that do that for them. I think that they do it and we just come alongside them. Mm -hmm. And we just help them see that they are powerful and they are capable and they are so amazingly strong. Mm -hmm. And if you can help people realize that while changing their brain uh, physiology, right, the electricity in their brain that might be holding them back, it is seriously the coolest experience ever. Mm -hmm. Number one, to be a part of, but also for them just to get to sit in and 
and go through. It's not easy. The way I'm talking about it makes it sound like, oh, this happens in like a few sessions. No, it doesn't. But it's one of the coolest, most like gratifying things that personally I think we could do. Can you see the blockages? Like, you know, you said they, you, they, you, they don't have the key. Like, I see that a lot with my um, kiddos, like, and he's sensory, and it's like, there's this expectation because there's a misunderstanding, and it's like, you have to meet him where he is. He doesn't have the capacity. He can learn, but you have, you know, and there, it's just like, like, I think a lot of the problems stem from, like, just do it. And what's cool about what I think that you're describing is that you can take away the shame, the stigma by saying, look, this is something that physiologically, so the person can go like, nope, there's not, it's, there's nothing wrong with me. It's just, it's something that my brain hasn't learned or my brain isn't wired that way yet. And I can learn it um, just like, but everybody has those things and some of them are more obvious than others, but um, it just, it gets so frustrating that there's one way to do school and there's, and I know that there that's changing and things like that, but it's like, um, you know, and I've, I've explained to some teachers too, you know, some kids need things in like step by step and in little bits. And it's like, they expect flexibility and, and the child to be able to accommodate to what they need, but they're, they can't even accommodate to what the child needs. So how can you be, expect something to be flexible when you're not flexible yourself? Oh my gosh, yes. And it's, like, it's so crazy. And you know what? Some brains just aren't flexible. Right. So, yeah. to and we can see that. That's the coolest thing about this. And I love that you keep saying, like, destigmatize and, like, talking patterns and stuff. Rachel and I's big thing is, number one, you don't come to us for a diagnosis. Your diagnosis helps us understand what's going on. So, it can be helpful. I would say most people who come to us have some sort of diagnosis that they're coming with. We're all nuts. <laughs> but that's all they talk about, right? So now it becomes like, this is your label. Yeah. I, people come into our office all the time. I am anxious. I am this. I am that. It's not and I that, struggle with. It's literally I am yeah. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. this person. And so yeah. our maps, the whole idea is visual forms of grace. Like, oh, here, this is what's going on, and that is okay. This is where you're getting stuck. This is why you're actually not as flexible as people are asking you to be. This is maybe why, gosh, in my case, I'm like too flexible. I can't even bring my thoughts in to organize them sometimes to be able to say, and this is what I would like it to look like. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, here's a bunch of ideas. Good luck, right? Now, I can usually organize them because I'm a fast processor. But then if you just like it's getting to know yourself and being okay with that. But also we tell people, when you come to us with certain symptoms or certain behaviors, yes, I'm going to give you some grace in that. And gosh, I hope that by your family seeing this with you, that they give you some grace in some of your behaviors, but it is not an excuse because with awareness Mm -hmm. now comes the need for change, right? You're now aware. And so what can we do to help you move forward? But yeah, Yeah. we want to destigmatize it so much. It shouldn't be the shame filled thing and it sure shouldn't be an identity. Yeah, and I deal with that all the time, like the in in my spiritual spiritual work, and that's actually why I decided to get into mental health counseling because it felt like therapy. But it's like that I am, I am, I am, and from a spiritual standpoint, like and from a so this is where it kind of crosses over. So I feel like you're strengthening those neural pathways, and I see it like mm-hmm. you know the things that fire together wire together, and you guys can correct me because it's just things I just say, man. But it's like you are just wearing a groove and when people are not conscious of their thoughts, like that's the thing. And then the Japanese lantern is like I illuminate. So my thing is that I illuminate what's hidden and somehow through my spirituality and through my spiritual work and through the cards or through just me, I'm able to see what's hidden in them. And like you said, through awareness, well, now you know and you can catch yourself and you can change that. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I get into the neuroplasticity. And I'm like, you actually can change this with awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've changed so much in myself. Like things that I just, you think that you have this, like these rules. And, and then once you go, is that really a rule? And can I break it? And then it, you know, I don't know. But it all ties yeah. into all of the stuff that you're saying. So yeah, and I, I started to actually, I, um, a few months ago, like, I just had this thought, and I just kept on saying, like, I probably am this, I probably am that, and I was labeling myself, and I hate labels, and I just made myself sick, like, I am anxious, or I am depressed, and it's like, and the way that I healed myself was, oh, I got the message that 
and I was looking outside of myself for all of this, and it's I got the message that I can heal myself. And so my meditations, I started to do that. And the more I meditate, the more that I change and accept. And that's not, it doesn't have to be, like I'm not. It's like this kind of addiction that your body is like. And then you, you break the cycle with the awareness. But, the, but you don't even know that until someone tells you that. Like, you don't understand. Or, or a spirit can tell you. Or, or yes. Or, you don't have even that awareness of, like, conversation around that. Like, yeah, I was never somebody. exposed to cards or anything until yeah. certain people come into my life. Um, but it's funny because it's, like, a really complicated conversation, and then it's a really simple conversation. Uh, turmeric and tequila is literally, like, my battle in the world being, like, Yes, I love to work my ass off and train and eat clean and do all those things. And then I love to party and drink great tequila and, you know, have fun and do all And it is both things. And I, I really think it stems back to these fundamental ideological messages that we've had since birth that our parents didn't even question from, you know, Disney fairy tales to where you end up with man and they take care of you and whatever. Or, you know... Um, this is how you're supposed to eat. Well, did that come from the government? Because they just did a big contract with sugar companies, so now we're all eating cereal for breakfast. It's like questioning these larger things. Before we can even get to the mental conversation, it's like, what am I supposed to do? Well, wait a second. Who is telling me that I'm supposed to do this? Like, And this is my big, and I say graceful disruption point. I love that you said um, grace in your messaging because it's, it's mm-hmm. so important. It's not like a battle to break down the wall and fight them back. It's more just to be like, okay, time out. What the F is really going on here? Where are these messages coming from? And then getting to like, who am I? What do I really care about? Like, do I even like cereal? Or am I just doing this because I saw this on a marketing commercial eight to 12 times and I finally responded to the call to action. Like what's, what's really going on here? And I genuinely have hope in our young people that they are exposed to this younger. They are hearing through, you know, the upside of podcasts and social media and all this. Um, If you can follow the right people, and this is my job to find, you know, good quote unquote influencers to help reverberate positive, correct messages um, that are questioning a better way. I really do think that our young people can really evoke change in these massive industries, whether it's NFL, uh, the government and food, sugar industry, uh, mental health, and well, like all these things. I grad a really huge point of disruption. So anyways, I, I think that conversation of supposed to and stigma is really silly because our brains are the way they are. And if you've gone through trauma and, and things, that's stuff that has happened to you. But even us as strong women that have, you know, I want to say take charge of, of what we do and how we speak and how we represent ourselves, there's only so much we can control. And even I hate admitting that, but some shit is just the way that it is. Um, so to just recognize that and be like, yep, my brain is this. Okay, well, let's deal with it in this way. I think once you can get over that and like let some of those things go, it's like, okay, well, let's just, you know, identify what it is so I can work with that and then move on. It's like letting it go and you you move on and you become a better person. So, um, I, so I have a question for you. Yes. Like, you were saying uh, that... Um, uh, Are you hating this microphone? It's so weird. It's like this <laughs> I know. It's so aggressive. But <laughs> thing in my face. It looks like a big penis, by the way. They're <laughs> just pointing at me. You're welcome. Um, no, I totally forgot what I was going to say. Um, You're going to ask me something. Oh, so the, the young people, like, I have yeah. been... I've seen, like, I had readings, like, with 14-year-olds, and I'm, like, oh. they're talking about, like... Meditate, like all the concepts that I'm learning, and it's just like at 49 years old, I'm like, holy shit, and I'm teaching them what I know, yeah. and they're coming up, and it's like mind blowing. So I'm, I'm so hopeful, and like they're picking up on all the stuff that like you're putting out and we're putting out, yeah. um, which is amazing. But you know, one struggle that I have, and I wonder what you guys think, um, is because we're all out of the box people, and it's like I've always been that way. Like I'm like, hey, it's rules, and yeah. it's like because it's so. It's not creative and it's not where like amazing things happen. Like amazing things happen out of the box. And so you have these schools and you have these, you know, the kids are taught to like, I I struggle so much because my kids are both so creative and I'm like, just do what you say. Just do what they say. So like you don't get in trouble and because it's really taking me a long time to to deal and then sensory issues and meeting them where they are and all of that. And it's like, but then it's like, I feel not in alignment. Like I feel it in my gut and it's the work that I do. I do somatic work and I'm like, I feel it in my stomach. Yeah. I feel it in my heart. Like telling them, encouraging them to just do what you're supposed to do because I don't believe it. And it's so hard. And then I'm like, the teachers are saints because they're, they deal with some hard stuff. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's That's a struggle. So it's like, how can we like change the environment or like, or is it like about, creating peace within them 
them understanding and self-awareness about like how much self-awareness does an 11 year old have or, right well i think i, I know i'm gonna let you guys jump to this one but i think our young i mean they've grown up with google and information at their fingertips their entire lives mm. so they are exposed to things their 13 year old self is different than our 13 year old self i coached high school girls across um you know and they're 13 to 18 um and their experience in high school and I was I don't know 10 years out of high school at that point so it wasn't that long ago was completely different than mine the conversations they were having at practice blew my mind like it was stuff I had you know again I think I was 28 at the time was just experiencing as a 28 year old and they're like in their teens so it's a totally different experience and I yes I identified this and that's probably why the question I just asked you (laughs) is kind of what it is like how do you from your free spirit world to formal, you know, constructed curriculum and education, like how does that blend? Um, and I think even the struggle in answering it kind of is the answer. I think that there are, there are the important pieces to question and get to know self and understand why you feel the way you feel. In addition to understanding that, yes, there are systems out there, not everybody sees things the same way. I think that comes down to communication. But in order to be a productive member in society, there are systems we have to fall in line to. And I absolutely fight that every single day. Um, And I think that can be inspirational, motivational to you to find your own path, start a business, write a book, whatever that may be. Um, But still getting to that point, I had to go to college. I had to follow the the rules of lacrosse because that's how you play the game. I think it's an awareness of knowing who you are and understanding when you have to maybe fit into a system for a time being knowing that at the end of it it's so you can do the do what you want to do and that's what I would do like answering that question I would I would say from a spiritual perspective I would say follow your heart yeah teach them how to figure out what their passions are like a lot of times they're breadcrumbs like they're that way when they're born and they have these things and then you nurture that not like whack it out like knock them off at the knees like by teaching like constraining them but um and if I had my druthers I would be like okay, you're going to meditate and you're going to learn how to be mindful, whether that is a movement meditation because not everybody likes to sit there or, you know, do something. Because there's study after study after, and it all goes back to mental health. It all goes back to mental, uh, to meditation from what I can see. And it helps so many different things and it builds the brain matter to like do the regulation and then attack, like, you know, um, get, get, follow your intuition and things like that. And I would, so it's like follow, like teach them to follow their passions and, and do meditations and to like be able to move more and actually cultivate joy because that's another thing that is in um, spiritual and physiologically, like um, the pathways of joy are the same as trauma. And it's like, so if you take them up with joy, then you're in joy. And the other thing about being in joy is that, um, when you're in flight, fight, or freeze, which a lot of kids are when they go into school from whether it's school shootings or just stress of not being understood or feeling less than or feeling alone, that narrows your focus and it would make sense that you are, when we're in flight, fight, or freeze, you just go whoosh and your your focus just narrows mm-hmm. and it you can't see the 360, you can't see the 180, you can't, you know, you're just hyper-focused on like how to survive and it's stress and it releases cortisol and everything and so but when you get in joy and they feel understood like you see somebody and you validate you don't have to agree with what they say you just validate what they're saying you see their whole body relax and when we're in joy it's like oh my god there's a bird singing and it's so awesome or like you notice everything because you actually your vision actually it's like physiological it just Mm -hmm. opens so it's like well, I think the and that's what's so cool. The science really does connect with the woo. I want to say like it is totally. like cross. We've just our society has gotten so far away, and not all cultures. I think just our American culture is so disconnected from like that spiritual piece. And what's cool is it's such a that's such a binding agent. Whether you're Christian or Muslim or spiritual, or whatever, it's all about getting to know you and this greater good and this higher power and whatever it is. Instead of a differentiator, I think it's really something that can bring us all together. Um, and yeah. kind of understand everybody Don't shut better. kids down. Like, right. I'm sure that you right. see that very much so in your brain scans. Like, I'm sure your brain isn't at its optimal when you're in flight, fight, or freeze. Oh, absolutely it's not. Like, Everything you're talking about, it's, I was just thinking as you were talking, you, you know, you're, in our world, we call it flexibility, mm-hmm. right? Just the ability to move in and out of different brain states and different mm-hmm. physiological states is what's important. When you um, meditate, that takes you to a place which we call alpha. Alpha is a wildly important brainwave for finding homeostasis. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. It's actually a very mindful place to be. And so when people's alpha is not working appropriately, we actually call it like a 
a broken drawbridge, right? That's now creating traffic jams. If I can't come back home, if I can't come to homeostasis, if I can't be mindful and just sit in a state of neutral, then my ability to go outside of neutral is then hindered. And so we can actually see that in brain maps and figure out, okay, how well are you coming back Mm -hmm. to neutral? How well are you able to come back home so that you can shift into whatever you need to, right? These kids that are getting stuck in fight or flight, they're not coming home. There is no safety net for them. And so, yeah, they're, their vision is tiny because they're in survival mode. I always mm-hmm. explain it like we're you're going back to the caveman times when you're in that kind of state, right? How do I survive? Where's the cougar in the room? How close is how close is it to me? And when will I be attacked? You can't do things well in that state. And so we've Oh my god. We want to teach the brain how to get out of that so badly. Can I just tell you really quick? I'm sorry. I cuz I have gone to my son's school and he has he gets really shut down, and I feel like he's kind of almost in a constant state of flight, fight, or freeze because tra- um, school is kind of traumatizing to, me, to him. And I have explained that exact same thing. I'm like, once, like, so there's like a, uh, let's say there's like a teacher he's had a bad experience with, and whether that it has, it's no judgment on that person. It's just the experience to him what threatened it put him into flight, fight, or freeze. So when he sees that person, the second that person hits his cornea it's like seeing a lion and he gets immediately like that second and he goes into his primal stem it's exactly what you're talking about and mm-hmm. it's so that's how I try to explain that and then you can see all these kids like I've heard stories of kids that they're like throwing chairs or whatever and I'm like or and then they run and I'm like that is flight fight or free or when they shut down I'm like that's what that is it's not this kid who is a bad kid it's not and, and to change, like, that's where my passion is, to change that perception in schools of good kids versus bad kids and being judged. And it's like, no, they are in a physiological state that is very normal and it's very, it's primal and it's, and you just don't understand that. And if you came at, and to get them out of it. Yeah. It's like the flexible kid versus the fearful kid. Yeah. What are they operating in? And can we even educate our teachers well enough to recognize it, right? Mm -hmm. And the question then I think goes to teachers in terms of how self-aware are they Mm -hmm. in terms of their triggers and what's happening in that situation. They are dealing with a lot and there's a lot of kids in front of them that they're trying to manage and who knows if they're even flexible enough to deal with the the arousal that's happening in their classroom, right? Now they're they're in this heightened arousal and can't even respond appropriately to needs because they're responding from such a fearful place. And so whose who's responsibility is that then? Would it be the, the curriculum as a whole, the people putting together these like institutions, whether it's a private school, college, or a public school? Is it, is it government? Like where, who is responsible for that? I mean, again, I would always pull back to like have our parents talk to our kiddos and like arm them with knowledge as a consumer, as a student, as whatever. Um... But, like, who, on the larger scale, like, who, like, if somebody wanted to petition us and say, like, listen, our teachers need to have this credential or this, like, you, this is more an opinion question, um, but do you guys think that would be worthwhile to go to government, have government government implement this as a thing for our schools, or is it, like, more attacking, like, private schools that might be, this might be more digestible to them, or is it just parents? Uh, I mean, every, <laughs> since we've been talking, I've been just thinking this, these are such big questions mm-hmm. that we're talking about, which it's really fun to talk, talk big. Right. Um, and I think that it is good to tackle problems and not just say, Oh, okay. Um, let me just keep it here in my inner circle. Right. But I, I'm also a believer, right? Like we have got to take ownership for ourselves. 100%. Um, and if it doesn't start there, if it doesn't start with you as an individual and then you as a family unit, I mean, it's just going to be a lot of blame and shame throughout society and in general. Um, I mean, I could tell my testimony, but really like I should be dead or in jail if you were to ask my parents. And I came from a pretty loving home, Um, but my brain was very, very dysregulated when I was younger. And that's why you got into what you did, right? Yeah. And so if I were to sit here and say, oh, well, it was my parents or it was the school. No, like it was me. It was absolutely me. And that's a byproduct of whatever you could say, some genetics, some... um, different components okay it could have been the influence of the school like I I don't know but all I all I know is that 
I ended up taking ownership for myself, my brain, um, with the help of my parents, you know, directing me when I was at that age and couldn't necessarily make all of those decisions for myself. But Carly and I are really big. Like, life is not fair. The government's not going to be fair. School's not going to be fair. Nothing ever in life is going to be fair. And so how are you going to be armed to tackle all of these problems from a uh, kind of a rooted standpoint. If your roots are loose, then you're not going to do well in a shaky environment. Mm -hmm. So how do you take ownership to deepen your roots from a spiritual level, a physiological level, a neurological level, so that when shit just hits the roof as far as family life goes or school's not serving you well, like you're not going to be destroyed from that. And so... Carly and I's mission, just like I love hearing your mission, right? How do we get this like alignment as far as like spirituality and, you know, things go like our mission is a lot of times the brain is the missing link for people. They have exhausted their options as far as why they feel how they feel, but they have not actually looked at the way that their brain is functioning on a very intimate and personal level. Um, and so that's where we believe a lot of answers are found. Um, totally. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's where our mission just lies. So shifts too. Like when you start, when you stop thinking I'm depressed, I'm anxious, or I just, I just work this way. And you're saying that's, so that's like, you're not taking accountability like you're saying, and it's not self-awareness. Like self-awareness has done so much for me. And, um, but then it's like, but when you see it as a a brain issue, like you're talking about, then it's like, oh, well, that's something I can do something about. And it, it just shifts and changes and I just, because guilt and shame are just mm-hmm. bastards that yeah. fuck you up. Yeah. What if you don't have support or anybody pulling you <laughs> out? Um, so I would I would welcome this next piece of the conversation. If you are in this, like, I feel really lucky that I had, you know, fitness humans in my life that, you know, questioned or brought spirituality to my world. Or I happened to be in sports performance and I was like, what is all this brain stuff? This is amazing. Like, why are you not talking? Like, I happened upon it. But if you're in a spot right now and... Um, maybe you have exhausted all your options. Maybe you're a parent, maybe you're an athlete, maybe you're just somebody out there and you're not sure what's going on. What are like some first steps that you guys would suggest if you are questioning a better way and you know something just doesn't feel right, autism, PTSD, depression, what would be some first steps um, as far as like what you guys would suggest? And then maybe something if you don't have a lot of money or resource, what are something that people could do? I'd love to hear from both of you guys. I know for us, so... We just love educating, right? So a lot of people come in, they have just have never heard of a brain map. They've never heard of a neurofeedback. So first up, just schedule a free consult. It's 30 minutes out of your day. It's going to be filled with a lot of information on how we can help so that you can check in with your gut and your resources and see if it feels like a good fit for you. Um, so we have, you know, eight different locations around Denver and we do free consults wherever just because we love, you know, being able to educate the person. You know, if you've done traditional counseling, if you've been on medication before, if you've tried other modes of therapy and you're still feeling like you're getting stuck, you're probably dealing with a brain issue Mm -hmm. um, and we'll be able to assess that alongside you. So that's first up for us. Um, Money wise, we take insurance, which is typically very, very helpful for most people. If you only have to pay a $20 copay instead of 135 bucks for a session, wonderful so that's what's allowed us to really you know hit the masses um, as far as being able to help on that realm goes but that's really like the starting place that we would encourage people do you guys have good like youtube videos or podcasts or i mean outside of your own website which i invite you to share um are there any other good like mentors or tools or like people who are like watch this or this helped me kind of really streamline understanding beta alpha and all this the the field is working on that yeah yes personally we are trying to right now develop um some of our own marketing stuff that has very educational videos more friendly easy to understand verbiage but typically if you you could youtube what is neurofeedback and there's actually a pretty good video when you do that that breaks it down okay our website is super informative which is neurooptimizeco.com and we are going to add more videos. We're going to have blogs on there. And we are going to eventually start our own podcast as well, just talking about brain health and how we can um, better educate people on what we're doing. But, yeah, I mean, there's 
There's That's, not enough cool information right. about well, there's what we so do, which is much part of the to issue. Talk about. There's so many angles on it. It's such a new... I mean, before we started the cast, I was like, okay, I know we've got 50 angles, if not more. We can go on this, like, let's dial it into, like, what, you know, initial steps people can see to understand, to question a better way around mental health and awareness. So this is just really, a, you know, a broad scope and swoop over many topics that are much larger conversations well and to add on to what rachel was saying yes we take insurance but we're also partnered with a nonprofit that is called the healing collaborative that oh, does cool. brain spotting and neurofeedback specifically and i don't think there's another nonprofit right now doing neurofeedback and some of these higher um if we want to call them like higher end modalities right the ones that tend to cost a little bit more require a little bit more or just not covered by insurance there's really not many nonprofits doing that so healing collaborative is a great way to do if you are just you know needing some sort of therapy brain spotting neurofeedback and wanting um, extra help in the resource area cool okay that's awesome um, Laura ask the question again <laughs> <laughs> What's, what are like um what are like what would you suggest uh is like if you're questioning a better way maybe spiritually brain wise what are some good first steps to get in the game or any good youtube people or your website um yeah i think like um i think taking you know talking about like okay so like let's take an apparent angle um I think that like one of the things that I'm working on in my meditations and and currently is like being responsible. I'm allowed to cuss, right? For okay. sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm like I'm. Like, you permission? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so like I realized, like I have gotten myself like I have anxiety in my family, and so it goes into that story, you know, and and things like that of like oh I'm an anxious person, and it's like yeah I became a really anxious person and. Um, and then I would worry about my boys all the time because it's like they aren't the traditional students. And then it's like I'm always – I felt like one day I was like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. I am trying to fix them, and they are amazing humans the way that they are. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need to fix my own shit. And it's like – and I've already done – and I'm like, oh, I've already done a lot. Like six, eight, you'll see <laughs> it on my legs, legs. you know, yeah. writing about it all the time now. <laughs> Um, and sharing it, but it's like how I'm able to help other people. But it's like I energetically, I'm taking my fear back. Like anxiety is fear, and we're energetic beings. And it's like so I can I and my kids are like so my I'm an empath, um, which means I have these just super heightened emotions, and they can I can feel other people's emotions and take them on. For those of you who don't know, I always assume everybody knows, but apparently they know. My son is a huge empath. And so even if I say, like, why did you do that? Like, he'll be like, don't yell at me. And his perception is I'm yelling at him. So it's like you can imagine, like, when somebody walks in the room, you can feel their vibe and energy. Yeah. So if I'm constantly projecting anxiety and fear, like, what am I saying? And I was like, what am I teaching them that they are not enough? Like, even though I tell them, you guys are amazing. You're amazing artists. You're creative and smart. And I believe that. But my energy says differently. So it's like getting my head in alignment with my heart mm -hmm. um and getting that coherent so and then and then and then ultimately it's like what like I'm not enough like I'm not a good enough parent and I'm I'm and so many people have that story but it's like you can just and you can feel other people's fear and it's like in um in mental health counseling they call it the identified patient so it's usually like systemic so it's like no the problem is this person but it's actually, like, it could be the mom, it could be the dad, and then, like, they're just reacting to their environment. So mm -hmm. I'm creating this nice, fearful, anxious, <laughs> unsure environment for as awesome as I think and know that I am. I'm doing awesome. that, and, and there, he picks up on it. And, when, and what I'm finding is that the more that I, like, heal myself, heal my shit... And I set my meditation, and I'm like, I am enough. I'm proud of who I am. And I get into that alpha state where I'm grounded. Then they're grounded. And there's actually studies that say, like, um, I don't know how many, like, but it's, like, where they had, like, three experienced meditators and another one that wasn't. But they were uh, able to meditate and pass on their heart coherence, which is basically that alpha calm state where you're in flow and you're balanced and you are in that 
you know, basically the joy state where you are regulated. And they were able to actually regulate the other person, and they proved it through like a heart rate um, variability uh, monitor where they could prove that that person, they put somebody else into coherence by their meditating. And that's that's the answer Yeah. Okay. for me. So I, I'll jump into it. I, I love that you said that, Laura. If anybody's listening and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to get my kid in there. Like do exactly what Laura just said. Please do a check-in with you. Um, Carly and I, there's very many times people, you know, families are bringing in the identified patient, a.k.a. the kid. Uh, and we're literally, I, I, and I'm just going to be pretty blunt. We're literally thinking you're the fucking one that needs to get the brain training. Dear God, yeah. you make me anxious. Yeah, of course yeah, yeah. you can't operate. Your energy right now is making me literally feel uncomfortable. And you're asking me to please fix your ang- anxious, defiant kid. How do you guys manage that conversation? We, what do you we're do? very, we're love. pretty love grace. We're also okay. pretty blunt. Like we will get, we will literally have that conversation where we say, 100% yes, like your kid's brain needs to be strengthened and we can see that all day long. However, um, you know, sometimes it is good to think about too, like the, the dynamic that we bring to the table as well. Usually we'll start, you know, with the kid until we can disarm the parent a little bit. Sure. But I will tell you, hands down, anytime we get the full family or just the parent that is typically a little bit more of that root cause, I promise you leaps and bounds improvements in the family dynamic sure now the kid and the kid will come in and say well mom and mom and dad just they've they've been really nice lately and then the parents are like well he's just it's because he's listening to the rules no i guarantee you it's right. because you're not reacting to him too mm-hmm. so take two to tango um but it, are they I just love what you said like are they defend um, like de- define not defiant are they like defensive around the it? parents yeah there can be some yeah i mean i think it's hard right like you said it's being yeah. a parent is a big role, yeah. right? And so it's right. really easy to just say, well, my kid, well, my kid. Well, truly, like, you're probably doing as good as your brain is allowing right. you to function right. with them. But how could you do better, right? How could you do better? Um, what's going on with you? And if you're a parent that's coming in and there's you have no problems, then you're lacking some sort of self-awareness. And that in and of itself is problematic. So there's ways that we... Address it that does come from love and compassion. Yeah. Um, we do, I think, one of the things that sets us apart is we do do a good job at gaining that trust with our families, but we're not going to let you sit here and bring your kid in and sure. you're also the problem without addressing that from a. Sure from a good place. So. Like we're like as physiological beings, like we want to avoid discomfort and it's right. like that kid is causing my discomfort and it's like, like, but you probably caused it. And it's like, so then you have like all this. And so you're, yeah, you're trying to avoid the discomfort and just fix them. And my, and then I'll act better, but it's like, you actually need to fix yourself, yeah. heal yourself. Well, and I think it's it's funny because then you you bring in kid, but you end up winding helping yourself um, as parent or person bringing in the the patient. Um, and so it's kind of like their little message delivery, and then that reverberates the ripple effect. I think is massive. Um, on that note, I think that's that's great. You take some really heavy uh, conversations. I think we could go on for several hours. Um, and I yeah, and I invite weeks, everybody yes. to really just. Google, check these guys out, um, learn more. I, I think it really does boil down to that self-awareness. Is, this is where I'm excited for our young people because it might take your parent bringing you in, but now you get this and now you get to change the cycle to your kiddos. So um, it's a lot, but I think the more you do start to learn about it, it's fascinating. The more you get to learn about yourself, that's super exciting. Um, from a non-egotistical standpoint, it's just really great to understand yourself better and then obviously have more impact in the world around you personally, professionally, whatever. Um where can we find you guys? Website, Instagram. Neuroptimizeco.com. N-E-U-R-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-C-O.com. Um, we also have Instagram, just at Neuroptimize, where we try to do a lot of educational posts and stuff like that. So check it out. Boom. Laura, where are you at? Uh, at your life? Uh, <laughs> my Instagram is Laura at the Japanese Lantern dot. Or no, not dot com. <laughs> Laura at the Japanese land. Or just, ah, you got time. Jeez. Uh, at, at the Japanese, Japanese yeah. Um And last month was how to see signs from spirit and, and receive them a lot of cool stories. I've gotten so much good feedback. This month is meditation. Next month is how to read cards. I'm going to do one, one month on uh, self-awareness. So that switches every 
um, every month. And then if you guys want a, a card reading, they are mind blowing. And I can't even tell yeah. you like the incredible, like I could go on for days about that. Laura at the Japanese lantern.com. It's my go. email. My website is the Japanese lantern.com. That's it. Perfect. Um, check these guys out. Thank you guys for taking time to do this. I would love to do one of these in six months and to see how things have progressed. They, they've had, you know, businesses running now, but I feel like everybody, myself included, have like this tipping point where things are really starting to grow. I think society is really starting to latch on to this stuff. So, um, look them up. Thank you. Uh, audience, you know how to get a hold of me, turmerkinsequila.com. Um, Madonna's hero, all the normal hit me with questions, comments. Uh, and that's it. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks. And stop. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.